Hey everyone, you're listening to Little Bit of Life Podcast with Little. This podcast is dedicated to having the real, raw, and the occasional ridiculous chats about everything that we seem to think, but don't say. Very little is off limits. Sit back, enjoy, and let's get started. Today's episode is sponsored by Bella Sante Health, founded locally here in Tucson, Arizona in 2019 by a group of medical professionals and athletes. That's why they have a scientific approach to health and a commitment to excellence in everything that they do. They utilize 99.9% pure hemp isolate grown in Colorado. With less than 0.3% THC, their CBD products are legal in all 50 states for every need you could possibly have. Make sure to check them out in the bio for your free consultation. much. I know you're worried. Um, I really wish I had better things to tell you. It's just, it's hard to come up with something great to tell you over text. I wish there was like some really awesome words I could tell you, but there just isn't, baby. Um, and I'm sorry, you probably feel alone right now, especially with so many people not being supportive of you and stuff, but it's going to get better, baby. It will. This is the hard part. Stuff out in the open is much better because then you can get it out there and move on. Love you guys so much, and I miss you, and I can't wait to see you guys again. Hey, guys, welcome back for part two. Yes, we have it, part two. If you have not listened to part one, you are missing the boat. You need to go back, rewind, and listen to part one. This is Sam's story. Why am I so passionate about this? Because let's just say from the time I recorded part one to the time I'm sitting here now for part two, this is an insane story. This is something that you not only see on TV, but that is scripted by Hollywood, but this is happening in real life in real time, it's happening to a family. And not only that, but it is happening to a military member. Yeah, I said that. Can you, can you, can you imagine you're sitting at home, you have your partner, you have your spouse, you're a parent, you're living through life and something that happened prior in life of someone being upset or emotional or whatever you want to call it dives into your current life now and flips it upside down. What would you do? Would you stand up for your partner? Would you go through the days and the nights of researching and trying to figure out how to help them, what outlet to go to, what platform to talk on? Or would you just feel like you were defeated because you're up against the military? So we have part two and we have Sam's spouse. Her name is Ashley. She's on with us. And this episode is going to be way different than the first one that you heard. We're getting into the nitty gritty details of Sam's story, because I know you guys have already sat and listened to part one and you want to know like, hey, I kind of heard a little bit, but like, I really want to know what is going on here. So you asked, I came. So Ashley, welcome in. How are you? I'm okay. Considering. Hanging in there. (laughs) Yeah. I want to thank you for coming back for a second time. Um, This is just you and I. The first time we had Arvis with the Would You Care project, he's helping assist you as well as Sam. But I wanted to come on from female to female and ask the details from the start and have our listeners really understand the magnitude of what is happening with your husband and why. How did you and Sam meet? (laughs) 
and we <laughs> met on Tinder. How long, um, how long did you date? Because this is part of, you know, the dating world now of learning his past. Had he been married before? Did he have kids? So how long did it kind of take for you guys to kind of get to know his prior past before you? During all the COVID stuff. So we couldn't really go anywhere. So all we did was sit around and talk and he was always very upfront from the beginning that he had legal stuff going on with his ex. And of course, we didn't know at that time that it was ever going to get this severe, but he always, he was very honest. And I was like, at the time I was like, okay, whatever, everybody has an ex story. Mm -hmm. He was honest about it. And he had been married to her. And then before her, he was married for, he was with her for 20 years, his kid's mom. And he was with this one for 11 months, 20 years of marriage. That's mm -hmm. incredible. So we're hearing Sam's story and we're listening to the details because you've been, like you said, in the first episode, you've been there, you've been there through the beginning, you've been there through the court and you've been there now after and trying to do the appeal process. So where is, for those that are kind of coming in, um, a little bit late, uh, where is your husband right now? He is in Fort Leavenworth in the Joint Regional Correctional Facility. Why is he there? Well, because his ex made a lot of crazy accusations. And I guess they wanted to take him to the place furthest away from his family. He's about, it's about 20 hours of travel from where we are. I will say that I not only have done my research, but I have heard recordings of this scenario from this female. I wish I could air it so you guys could hear the magnitude of, I'm just going to say the craziness that has come from what your spouse had to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. When we think about men in the military, we usually do not consider them victims, especially with domestic violence, with assault, with any form of emotional, mental, like mental, physical, any form of abuse. So when we think about men and women going into the military, we almost always flip the script for society of a victim is always the female. Mm -hmm. So with your, with Sam, with your spouse going through this very toxic relationship. I mean, you and I talked last night, I listened to probably a good hours worth of recordings and audio that is the biggest form of not only physical abuse that he endured and you can hear it, but also mental, like just the mental abuse and just derogatory comments. Did he ever go anywhere and like talk to friends or family or even anyone in the military to say like, Hey, this is happening in my life. Uh, yeah. So he had already been in therapy. So he talked a little bit in there and he was actually diagnosed with PTSD, not from being deployed in combat zones, but from his marriage to her. After about a month of marriage, he went to JAG because he had a black eye from her, which was not the first time she'd hit him. And she was making threats to do what she's ultimately done now. And so he was scared for a lot of reasons. So he went to JAG a month after they got married. They basically told him it wouldn't look good for his career to make a report on her. And he was 
basically talked out of making a report. So he left with no help. And he had been told the same thing from brigade JAG and a sergeant in the past that, I mean, nobody was interested in hearing about a man being abused. It was just not a thing. You know, had they listened, we might not be where we are today. And I can't even fathom a situation where a woman went in there and they would turn her away. Mm -hmm. My brain automatically flipped to when you told me this of they basically turned him away and said, you know, this is this is bad for your career. This is this is something we're not going to move forward with. If what was between right and wrong, which what was done, in my opinion, was wrong. If what would have been the right situation to handle that would have been done. Do you think that this would have been a completely different outcome? Probably. Yeah. I think um, she kind of flipped the script on him as soon as they got married and, you know, she had him, had him where she wanted him, I guess. And he was essentially trapped. Nobody wanted to help him and nobody would listen to him. You know, we're, we're like three years into this situation when she first reported it. And this is the first time that his story has ever been told. Nobody has cared. But yeah, he was scared and he felt very trapped because she would threaten, you know, he had to do what she wants. He couldn't leave. He didn't really know what to do. She hit him and hurt him all the time physically, but it was just the mental stuff she did to him. Yeah, I'm surprised he was able to stay there for 11 months. Mm -hmm. Especially with hearing the audio that I heard. It broke my heart. Um, I was listening to it last night. I was up late. To reflect the feeling that you have when you listen to these recordings is something I can't even put into words that a individual, whether you're a male or a female, no, no individual, no human deserves to be treated that way, put through that. And people will always come at the victim and state, well, why didn't you just leave? Why didn't you just get yourself out of the situation? For those who have never been in an abusive situation, whether it is physical or if it's just mental or if it's verbal abuse, the statistic is that the victim will use seven to 10 times chances of leaving. It will take up to seven to 10 opportunities for them to actually get the courage to want to leave and the courage to try to leave. So for those who have never been in that situation, whether you're a man or, or, or a woman, it's, it, it's so hard to get out. When you and I had talked, Sam went through constant physical abuse. Um, you said most serious were his black eye, scarred lip from being punched, cigarette burns on his back, screaming, calling him names. These are all things that as the abuser, they are wanting to manipulate and want you to stay. And as a victim, you have this fear of what does the future look like? Because I mean, you and I know in those recordings, she was very vindictive and stating, I will ruin the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean, you heard her, you know, in a very mocking tone describing what she would say to get him ruined and and she did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was so mentally abusive to him he is so much better now but I mean that man was you think of any movie with like a, a really bad case of a battered woman and just so fragile and that was him and I mean honestly in the beginning I kind of thought 
when he would get like triggered by certain things I would say or do, I thought he was kind of being dramatic, honestly. But then the more I heard this stuff and a lot of it, I didn't hear, he didn't want me to hear a lot of the recordings and stuff until after he went to prison. And it just broke my heart. It's like, I knew she was bad, but no one, this explains so much, but he's, embarrassed he has no reason to be embarrassed he was the victim but it just broke my heart to hear he's probably the sweetest person I've ever met and to hear him talk to and just destroyed the way she did the way she broke him for anyone that may be sitting and saying you know well I really want to hear him I really want to hear him trust me there is not a single bone in my body that does not want to put this up for, for you guys to hear and listen to. So you can experience, it's different when you sit and have a conversation and like this, you share somebody's story on a platform for those to hear it. But when you physically are sitting there listening, like you were part of that traumatic experience and you were in the room, it puts this whole thing to another level. I've heard a lot of, I've dealt with a lot of therapists and life coaches and psychologists, uh, relationship coaches, everything in and far between. To hear the flip-flop of the behavior from very nice, very sweet, to angry, to screaming, to cursing, to physically you can hear her hitting him in this when he says, do not hit me over and over and over. It then reroutes to this vindictive tone and it's always this you know I'm gonna ruin your life and you know laughing almost to the point where she's literally laughing that she hit him and says in this very innocent almost voice of well I'm just a little old woman I could never hurt you like that the magnitude of these recordings which leads me to the next question what was, and I know, I know the answer to this, but I want this to really hit listeners right now. What was the feedback of these recordings for Sam's court trial? <laughs> I don't know because no one ever heard them. Um, I will say just for the record, the only reason he started recording her was because she was constantly making threats. So this was kind of what he thought was going to be his safety and his insurance to show like, you know, she's been planning this. Um, but in court, she, she could play whatever she wanted. She played recordings of him. He was not allowed to play anything for the court. No one ever heard any of the things that I've shared with you. And then, I mean, there's, there's probably hundreds of hours of recordings where she's sounding like what you heard. And I am certain if they had heard those, he would not be gone, but he was not allowed to share them. And what was the reason as to why? Um, so they said that it was hearsay. It was just he and it was just him and her and the recordings, but her recordings were also just the two of them. So I don't know, I'm not a legal person, but that makes no sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he really, he had so much evidence, even aside from the recordings that he was not allowed to use. He wasn't allowed to, as a defendant, to defend himself at all. The recordings were used in court was when, if our attorney would catch her in a lie, which was very often he could have her listen to a recording and headphones and then that was it no one else could hear it besides her if you 
have a loved one that goes through a situation and they are convicted of a crime and they are sent to prison and you have someone speaking to this victim on a recording for those that are listening don't you think that this would be evidence that would be allowed from either both sides or neither side so she was allowed to have her portions listened to but sam's was not able to be listened to that blows my mind right especially the one where she's like I think I sent this one to you where she's like, hey, remember when you raped me on blah, 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 just like goes into this whole story. It's disgusting. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she's saying right there in a recording that she's making stuff up. And then there's one where she's going to say that he abused her. She was like, you know, all I have to do is say it. And that's how the world works today. I don't need any evidence. Like she's saying this stuff in recordings. Mm -hmm. And I guess it wasn't relevant. Well, this platform has just blown up um, and I'm so grateful and I'm so blessed because I feel the desire and the need to talk about topics like this. I am a rape victim myself. And I will tell you, this is not the way this world works. Mm -hmm. So not only are you taking away the truth of actual victims who need the help, who need to be listened to, who need to be heard. But you're also creating a narrative for someone else's life while you sit back and have your moment of whether it's collecting benefits, collecting medical insurance and everything that's in between. Because I mean, let's be real here. This is what this podcast is about. That's what's happening in this situation. Mm -hmm. And I heard. I mean, I seriously, I wish I could just throw this on here because you guys will not get this full interpretation of why I'm doing this part two, because it is so disgusting to me. This person is not only sitting there being abusive to her husband, hitting her husband, but calling him disgusting, derogatory names. And then it goes so far as to plan I don't know if listeners, if you're driving, pull over right now, or if you're at work, you better turn the volume up and stick those AirPods in your ears. She even went so far as to discuss in detail that she wanted him to kill his ex-wife to prove that he loved her more. Like what world are we living in that we can just go talk to our spouse about this and push and pro and force this person, but yet Sam's sitting in prison. Like this blows my mind. Yeah. And she's not kidding. It's not like, you know, we all like, oh, I hate his ex. Like she is serious so many times. He said they would fight all the time because she would get mad that he saw his ex and didn't kill her that day. Like she meant it. I mean, when I got this and I heard the audio, I mean, one of them I think was like 39 minutes and I sat and had my TV off and I had my headphones on. I'm like, I really want to listen to this because being a podcast host, I have my mixed feelings usually 99% of the time of, okay, I want to see both sides. I want to see both angles. I want to put myself in both 
party's shoes. And I want to see kind of where we're at here. I'm going to tell you, I could not lace those shoes up on her side to save my life. Hearing the, it's not even like a desperation because we've seen it all on Lifetime and all these, you know, A&E Dateline TV shows and stuff of these people like, well, let's do this so that we're happy. No, this was like adamant, nasty, dominating, mean, comments of do it this way do it this way do it this way like for listeners if anyone's ever seen that movie seven pounds with will smith she went so far as to talk about a jellyfish um if this is the way the world works then i am living in a very boring world because i wasn't raised like this this is not okay this people go to jail for what she was talking about but yet sam's in prison for her charges um what did she try to charge him with or kind of in the beginning that for people who don't have never spoken to you what was she trying to charge him with like what charges did stick what didn't stick what what was her ultimate goal in the very start I mean her ultimate goal was the money obviously but her big goal too was just to destroy him so she I couldn't even list all of the stuff that she tried to get him in trouble with I think she just kept throwing stuff out there to see what would stick. And I think the army investigators fed right into that because, well, first of all, she went to the army and they reported it to local authorities who, I guess that's what they do. And then they said, there's no case, nothing to pursue. And the army decided, well, we're going to try anyway. And so for two years, this investigation went on. And I use the word investigation very loosely because they never even would, they refused to speak to Sam. There was no investigation. It was just whatever she tells them is fact. And that is how it went. But eventually it ended with him being charged with two sexual assaults, uh, domestic violence, child endangerment, and drunk and disorderly. Um, That many charges. How long, so the investigation was two years. How long was his um, court proceeding process? Because I'm, I'm assuming as a spouse, you were there and saw everything and heard everything and witnessed it. Yeah, I did want to say that earlier too. Like, this is not just me like blindly supporting and believing everything he tells me. I was there every second. It was seven days long. Um, yeah, I was there every second. I've seen and heard stuff beyond what was in the trial. So I know everything. I know way more than anyone would want to know about their person's past. So yeah, it lasted for a week. Well, seven days. And with his sentencing, um, being that he was sent to Leavenworth, how many hours is that from you? I always fly, but it's like GPS was like 17 or 18, but then I know when Sam, when they drove, it took them like 20 hours. When the guys took them, they took them straight from court and it took about 20 hours. And what was his sentencing? How long is he there for? He got three years for the sexual assaults and six months for domestic violence that will be served concurrently. The child endangerment was never even brought up. I guess they realized that was just not a thing. I don't know how it became a charge in the first place. And he did get charged with a drunken disorderly just based on recording she had of him where he was slurring his words. There was no disturbance, no anything. Um, he was in his own home, but he didn't get any time for that. It sounds like she went in with a purpose, like 
she said, and it's not even from your opinion or Sam's opinion, my opinion, society's opinion, it is word of mouth coming from her of she was going to ruin his life. If he did not do to a T exactly what she expected, then his life would be over. So this is going to show the magnitude of this problem. We have talked about this on this episode. We have talked about this on the first one. We've talked about it individually. When I had Arvis Owens on with Would You Care? Words are not just words anymore in this society that we live in. This is detrimental to destructing someone's day-to-day life. And there's kids involved in this situation, which breaks my heart because out of spite, out of animosity, out of anger, out of jealousy, or whatever the reasoning was, this has now completely changed Sam's life, your life, the children that are involved, everyone's life upside down for the rest of your lives. Your lives will never be the same. Um, Mm. I know you and I have kind of discussed it because with the military and with all of these um, domestic violence, sexual assault, the charges are so dramatic Will he be placed on the sex offender registry? Yes. We aren't sure how long, but I think it will be up to the rest of his life because he's in like a higher level. There's different tiers for how long you have to be on the registry. And I think he falls in the one that's the rest of your life, um, which he'll be 50 when he gets out. So it's, yeah, it's, that's when the real punishment starts for us prison sucks. We wish he was home, but that registry is like life ending for him because all he's ever wanted to do is work with children again when he got out of the military, which was supposed to be last May, but they extended him for the court martial. But, you know, to go from your dream of wanting to work with kids to you can't even go in a school building is a lot to process. So from what I was doing research on and and reviewing, uh, it looks like she consistently claimed that the biggest sexual assault happened in December. Um, It was a situation that she said he forcibly used an enema on her against her will. And once this kind of resurfaced and she realized that a text was written, um, she said she was in the mood for some kinky stuff, um, which she described further to be in the exact same manner that supposedly he assaulted her the very next day that text was sent yeah hearing this and we live in a world where you know what like we let's just be real here because that's what we do our way of what we like what pleases us what we like what we don't like isn't the same as it was 50 years ago I mean let's be real (laughs) so for those listening imagine I mean we can all say that we've been with somebody who is kind of kind of weird. Uh, We've been with somebody that likes what they like, but does that mean that you are punished and you're put in prison for someone else's fantasies? Like, think about that for a second. We've all been with somebody who's like, we sit here and like, man, that person was was weird. Okay. They were into some weird stuff. But does that mean that you can come back later and retaliate and ruin somebody's life because of what you find to be appropriate? So when he was deployed, they did a lot of um, sexting and voice recordings, like dirty stuff. They were, their sexting was kind of like stories and they would just keep building on each other. And there was one, 
she essentially used as the script for this charge. Um, it never happened in real life, but she used, it was word for word, this text message. And the panel did get to see that, which is crazy to me that they saw that and still he was found guilty. It's, I mean, it's really gross. We won't go into all this stuff, but it is verbatim what she said in court. She might as well have had the text in front of her. And then there's later voice recordings where she's like, I'm in the mood to do it rape style. I want you to leave even more bruises on me than before. And it's just gross stuff. Cause I mean, like you, I said before, I've also been raped and it's just, it's gross. Just sitting here and listening in court and all this stuff is just, it physically made me ill mm-hmm. to hear like what a mockery she's making of real rape. Yeah. So they heard, they couldn't hear those recordings. They saw the text, they could not hear the recordings, but looking back, it's so evident saying she wants more bruises. Well, of course, because that works really well for what is happening right now. And, you know, he just thought he was like, okay, I got a kinky wife who likes it rough. He never thought like my private marital bedroom things are going to ruin my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's supposed to be a private safe space. And she took it to exploit him and ruin him. And hearing that she went to local authorities and they didn't, they didn't feel that there was a case, there was nothing, there was no evidence. They basically, I mean, from what it sounds like, they said, yeah, have a nice day. Like you can leave. And then she went to the army and the army chose, yeah, you know, we'll go ahead and we'll take this. Um, Once in this scenario, once she realized that that text message existed, interesting enough, as it always happens, it seems, um, she said she couldn't actually remember the date of the assault and the army, the army of all people chose the date range for her in order to fit her story. And it's written, the sexual assault occurred on or around between December 1st of 2018 and february 28th of 2019 that's a big range and let me tell you from someone who has been a victim you know that date that date sticks with you the rest of your life so to have a date the range time of the day, the, yeah <laughs> you know details you remember where you were how old you were the date the time what you were wearing like you remember descriptive details yeah. let's be real So Sam's speculation on why she chose December 5th initially is he has a photo of that's when she punched him and his lip was busted open bad and um, he still got a big scar from it. And so his speculation is that she chose that date so she could say that was when she was defending herself. So did she, I know with like some um, situations that you and I have talked about, she went on the stand and it was incredible. Like the amount you said of outbursts and just new details that would come out that were so extreme. I mean, the new details could have been additional charges all on their own. So it's almost like she was trying to get ammunition and to continue to just build and build and build against him just to make sure that the army would push this through. I would assume prosecution told her how she could act beforehand. um, So she knew better, but When you're on the stand, you can only talk about what has been submitted. You can't just start adding things. That's not okay. And I can't even count the amount of times where she, like the the first one she did was this fight 
her time on the stand was her eighth time that she had been interviewed. Every time was a different story. Every time it got more elaborate. So this eighth time on the stand, this fight she had previously talked about seven times. And now she's like, oh yeah, and he had a knife to my throat. And it's like, you can't do that. And the, the jury heard that. And it happened, she kept doing stuff like that so many times. And it's like, she knew she wasn't supposed to be doing that. Of course, we were gonna object. Of course, it was gonna not be used. But it's like, after so many times of that, the jury can't help but be a little prejudiced. Even the judge would say, you know, disregard what she just said to the ju- to the jury. And it's like, they, how many times they're, they're humans? How many times can they hear stuff like that and disregard it? I mean, there were so many times that he could have called a mistrial. Just so many bogus things like that. I hope you're enjoying this episode for part two of Sam's story. We do have another amazing sponsor that is part of this special episode. They are called We Believe You SOS. Their mission is to support survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. They advocate for all survivors to include military members, veterans, and military spouses. They want you as a survivor to know that when no one else believes you, they believe you. Make sure to check them out at WeBelieveYouSOS.com. With the trial and kind of going back to the start, because I think this is just such an amazing piece to touch on. The local authorities stated you have no case. Why? Like what happened with the military? of like, yeah, we'll take it. Like, how did that whole like prelim, how did that all go down? There's someone called a preliminary hearing officer who is a senior attorney and they review the case and either recommend or don't recommend that it moves forward. For Sam's case, the PHO recommended that it did not move forward with the sexual assaults. He saw no, no probable cause, no kind of evidence to waste everyone's time. Typically, making an accusation is enough for probable cause. Essentially, he just didn't believe her and knew she had no evidence, so why move on? The unit commander, who has no legal training, is the one that makes the final call on whether things move forward. And for whatever reason, he decided to go against the PHO and move on to a court-martial trial. And there's so many different points to the actual trial, which unless you were there and you witnessed the stuff, you would think it was part of a movie. I mean, prosecution freely admitted that they forgot to tell the defense that they had conducted a final interview with her the day before, the day before the the trial began, which included huge new details. um, And they were never disclosed until she said it on the stand. Like what world is that even acceptable for justice to do? I mean, right there alone, that could have resulted in a mistrial. It could have, should have, yeah. That was for the evidence or the thing she stated that was huge was for the another, the other sexual assault charge, which she said he used his finger on her. And it ultimately backfired because it was so bizarre. It just made her sound less credible. So it worked in our favor, but it was still so not okay. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's the only thing we know was said. We were never, we have no idea what else went on in that interview because they're supposed to share it and they didn't. This probably is, or I would say hopefully, is something that's coming up in people's minds as they're hearing this story. 
any prior history he was married for 20 years before her any prior history any issues any reporting any violence anything anything with no. sam at all no his ex-wife came she was a witness in court for him and you know advocating for him there was nothing 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 and any red flags like when he first met her and when they met each other any red flags like to show that you know this was just did she reflect any weird behavior from the start no i mean not that she said in court and i i talk to her all the time she and i have a good relationship um even after court i was like i had questions because a lot of stuff i I mean, I'm a woman. I had a lot of stuff swirling around in my head after hearing so much. And so I called her and we talked for hours after he was already taken away. And she said pretty much all the same stuff that she said in court. And she elaborated on questions I had. And yeah, there was nothing. And there was pictures um, going to the assault and stuff. There were pictures that were shown in court where she Again, there's no timestamp, there's no date, there's there's nothing on it. And she admitted that some of them were like doctored photos. So how is that even acceptable as so-called evidence when this is what one of the charges is and was approved on because no evidence was ever provided, just for listeners to know. There was right. nothing ever provided showing physical abuse other than her doctored photos and thousands of text messages and voice messages that they exchanged but when does it become the point where like i said in part one you are innocent until proven guilty not you're guilty until you prove your innocence and i feel that's why i wanted you back on is because this is so flip-flopped in the wrong direction just for someone's spite and anger and just destructive agenda to destroy somebody's life which is exactly what she bragged about, she was able to complete. Yeah, her pictures, she, she submitted several photos and they were all um, zoom, like zoomed in, like pictures of an arm with a bruise and stuff like that. And I mean, for all we know, they're pulled off Google. There was no way to know that they were from her. She freely admitted they were edited as, and with her recordings, she also admitted that she had edited those which is a huge deal and they should not have been allowed to be shared. Sam did not. His recordings are all in their entirety because that's what his attorney told him to do. You're not allowed to edit them. So, but he couldn't use his. He's currently serving three years. I'm assuming that, and are probably in the appeals process. Um, what does this look like since he was getting ready to get out of the military and start his new career and his new life? Does he get uh, like VA benefits or like, what is, what does it look like after now because of this? No, as of now, he gets nothing. He was set. He'd already gone through the med board and all of the stuff they do when they're about to get out of the military. And he was set to get 100% disability because of his cancer and various health issues and, you know, all the benefits he was going to get them. He'd been in for 13 years. But now with the dishonorable discharge, he won't get anything. He had prostate cancer and he had his prostate removed last May. And so he's supposed to still be getting like treatments and checkups every three months and blood work. 
but he, that's not really happening. I think they took blood work once. Um, yeah, the prosecutor even used that in sentencing. He said, he asked the judge to give Sam five years because it would be good a good deal for him to continue to get help for his cancer from the military. So not only is he sitting in prison for something that he was accused on based on, I don't even know what got him there after hearing all of this, but he also now is in need of medical care every couple mm-hmm. months, follow-up. Follow-up is crucial because these are things that not only can he have reoccurring cancer it can be in other parts of his body and it can it can destroy someone as well so keeping this in this realm of the severity of what she has done and what a simple word and a simple claim can do to somebody's life even if he wins the appeal like you said he'll always have this label on him and people wondering what the story is that's why i have you on there's always As a host for a platform, I always want, like I said, to put myself in both sets of shoes. I want to hear the situation. I want to hear what happened. I want to do the research. But having you on part one and just hearing the the desperation, but the strength at the same time from your voice is what made me want to have you come on for a second time. Because Sam does have a story. His story was not able to be presented in court. And as he's sitting there waiting for these three years to pass by, life is passing him by because the normal now you've had to take on of being the breadwinner, being at home and doing everything for him while he's in prison within your four walls, like doing the fights, doing the appeals, doing, being the voice. So that's why I wanted you to come on because every person has a voice and a story that needs to be shared. And I felt that it was necessary to share whether it's explicit content or not, whether it's something that may hit a lot of people at home and say, wow, I've been in a very abusive situation. I've been where I didn't feel I had a place to go or leave. Imagine that that person was able to ruin the rest of your life and bragged about it. I mean, it all, it all boils down to money and revenge because it all started, you know, after 11 months, he finally got the courage to leave. He grabbed his kids, they left that he didn't care. He didn't want the house. He wanted nothing from her. He just wanted out. Then, you know, when he, they were done, they didn't talk except she would occasionally, well, a lot ask him to come back, but he found out she wasn't making house payments and it was still in his name. So he had to sue to get the house. So it didn't destroy him, his credit. And she was served those papers on a Friday, which was in 2020 They'd already been apart for over a year. And two days later on Monday is when she made these sexual assault claims that happened. And she said 2017 and 2018. If there's a listener out there right now that may be abused, um, is sitting and wondering what life looks like and what's next, what do you think that Sam would tell them? I don't know. I mean... It's just, it's been extremely eye-opening for me to see man versus woman um, and how differently they're treated. I don't, I don't know what he would say. He tried, he's very strong. He's a very strong person, but he's also incredibly broken from her already. But now, you know, he's losing three years with his kids and me and my kids. Like there's five kids involved and 
I mean, he's obviously very broken. I can't say that he would give the most helpful and hopeful advice right now because he's just not there yet. He tried, he talks to a lot of guys in there. There's a lot that have not the same story because his is so bizarre and out there, but a lot of guys who are like, yeah, I had sex with her. This happened, but this did not happen. And, you know, falsely accused, wrongfully convicted guys like him. And I think his calling has always been to help people. So I think he probably is putting on a brave face and trying to help them. And he can be more vulnerable when talking to me. But I don't, yeah, I don't know what he would say. Because right now it's like there's there's not a light at the end of the tunnel. We both get really down if we think too far in the future. We try to try to hopefully have those down days on opposite days <laughs> instead of both of us just getting on the phone and being miserable. But yeah, there's not a lot of hope right now. And we do have, you automatically get an appeals attorney through the military, but we also want to hire a civilian. That's like $25,000, but it's going to happen because as you can imagine, there's not much faith in the military right now. And it's awful. It just makes me so sad that he's always going to be looked at like this. He's such an amazing person. People will probably not try to see him for who he is. They'll just see who this corrupt system has said he is. And not only is that label on him, but it also reflects on you as his partner, which is the hardest part to handle. Yeah. You know, if people buy into it, it makes me look like I'm a bad mom. Who's going to have their kids live with sexual predator yeah that labels on all of us the kids might not know it yet but that labels on them too it's part of society when these accusations come out i mean look at the johnny depp trial when it came out he was one of the most beloved men in the world and then this came out and not every person was on his side not every person believed him and look at the damage that this did to a male who was the victim. And I'm amazed that he came out and and stated all of this because it's not just a female who is the victim. It's not just a female who gets abused. We need to take this opportunity to talk about these stories of the men and make it known. Like you're still a man, you're still strong, you're still the protector and the provider. You're still that person, but you can come into in contact with abusers that make you the victim and it's okay to say your story it's okay to speak out and I want people in your support system to understand and hopefully listen to this because this is a reoccurring problem that we're trying to voice and have people really understand this is a problem in the military this is a problem that they are not getting justice and this is not just you you're not alone in this but this is there's so many men and women that are in there that are wrongfully accused because of spite, because of anger, because of money, because of greed, because of custody and everything in between. If the 
accused is found guilty, she gets, I think, like $2,000 a month from the army. She gets TRICARE, which is free everything insurance. There's definitely benefits because people will say, like, what was her motivation to go on through two years of this? She's getting paid like they're paying her. This program that the army has is awesome for real victims, you know, but they don't have any way to differentiate because they don't there's no such thing as due process she is getting the same amount of resources and benefits from the army as a woman who has been brutally abused and finally escaped her abuser that's just gross to me i think it's a great program for women who truly need help getting on their feet but it shouldn't be used as a paycheck we had a listener um that provided help. Um, They heard your first episode. They were so amazed by your strength and your story. And they were amazed with Sam. For those who are not familiar with the prison system, whether it is military or civilian, it's very expensive. It's very expensive to communicate. It's very expensive to talk to each other and still have that bond and not lose that. Um, At 28 cents a minute, that's crucial. Uh, Especially with the economy right now. That's crucial. That's a that's some food that we all need. That's diapers for kids. That's gas in the car to get them to and from. We had an amazing listener who provided a donation so that Sam could hear the podcast and he could hear that his story was getting out there. So he's going to probably be listening to this once we get it edited. So what do you want to say to Sam right now? If he was sitting right here with us, what would you want to tell him? Um, I'm so proud of him. He, he's so strong. I'm just so proud of him. I mean, this is obviously a make or break situation and it has made us so much stronger. And I have so much respect for him and how he's handled himself through all of this. And he, he's, he doesn't get as upset as I do. And there's been times where I've been like, get mad with me. Like, and he's just such a mellow I've never heard him yell. I've never heard him be ugly. And just the way he carries himself with such grace and dignity. I'm just really proud of him. Well, we're very proud to have you on this podcast. From one female to another, it takes a lot of guts and courage to come on because you never know who's going to listen to this. You never know who's going to judge you for this. And I'm very proud that you've not only come on one time, that you were very nervous and you were a rock star. But now you've come on twice and I want listeners to interact with this, especially on the Facebook page for the podcast, Little Bit of Life podcast. Listen to both of these episodes, learn the information, read about it, interact with each other, because the only way we're going to get Sam's story out there is to talk about it. If Sam does listen to this, Little Bit of Life podcast is proud of both of you. We're proud of your bond and we are very proud that you're continuing to speak up in a world where, especially for men, they are required to stay silent as a victim. Thank you. And thank you so much for bringing attention, not just to Sam, but for all, all the guys in his situation. Thank you so much for tuning in with me and spending your time hanging out. Hopefully you enjoyed today's podcast and a special thank you to all our sponsors. Make sure to check them out. If you have any tips or topics, feel free to email me at littlebitoflifecast at gmail.com or you can also reach out to me on Instagram at littlecute1az. 
You never know if your topic will be next. Be sure to join me again for another episode of Little Bit of Life. Until next time, stay positive, stay blessed.